0: I'm a travel influencer from the South side of Chicago. Worldwide Nate. Now I've traveled from Chicago to the the Congo, Congo. visiting over 60 countries across six continents. Who dat? Welcome to Escape with Nate, the podcast that travels. Wherever I travel, I'm always on the lookout for a place to get a good workout in. But as cities execute their reopening plans, fitness gyms are issuing members reservation times to work out, and they're limiting their times to 90 minutes. That is the new normal. Welcome to Escape with Nate. Joining me today will be the fabulous actress, activist, writer, director and producer, Victoria Rowell. I'm your host, Nate Flewellen. Let's travel the world together at home. Come on, Escape with Nate. Travel has given me great friendships. If I would have never left the Chicagoland area or the States, I wouldn't be sitting here talking with you today. My motivation these days is to travel the world with my friends so I can create these lasting memories with people. I have friends in Brazil, in Rio de Janeiro, where I've been 11 times. Like that is a place that I love to go because I'm going to connect with my boy, Nicky. And I have a friend, Samuel, in London from Sardinia. He has a family with kids and I love going and hanging out with them. Or my boy Joby in South Africa in Johannesburg, who I met in L.A. And now he moved to Johannesburg and he has a family out there. And that's one of the people I value seeing. Or my twin, my sister from another, Mr., my adventure buddy, Kelly Edwards, or Kelly Set Go. She is always down to hop on a plane and go do something adventurous and explore. Or even my homegirl Mo, local here in L.A., part of my Escape with Nate bike gang. You know, we go around and we explore the city. But at the end of the day, it's those friendships that make things invaluable. And as we are sitting here, stuck at home or confined to our small, immediate family, you know, I hope that we appreciate the friendships and the relationships that we have. So when we are able to travel again and we create a list of people that we want to see. I want to see all my family and friends when I get the opportunity and nothing is going to be on the back burner because I don't want to ever regret having the opportunity to travel.
1: Attention please, flight 102 to Genoa City, now boarding.
0: I'm thrilled to have on the show today a multi-talented and award-winning artist. She is the New York Times best-selling author, a three-time Daytime Emmy nominee a 13-time NAACP Image Award winner, and one half of the on-screen couple known for being the first leading African-American couple on The Young and the Restless. Welcome to the show, Victoria Raul.
1: Thank you, Nate. It's great to be here with you.
0: I am glad that you're here today. And uh, while I was preparing for this interview, I learned that you are from Maine.
1: (laughs) Yes. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and that is fascinating <laughs> to me because during the inception of Worldwide Nate, I spent two months in Maine, wow. traveling wow. across the state, working at Hannaford grocery stores. Oh wow! So so during
1: <laughs> now that's fascinating.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was the MC for the Hannaford Summer Celebration, and we was giving out samples of food. Wow! And so during that time. It was a significant, it was a significant experience because it was the laying the foundation for me to figure out how to travel and make a career out of it. Mm -hmm. So when did travel become a part of your DNA?
1: I really believe I was born with the gene. I think we're all born nomadic people and we're all born curious and wondrous. And um, because my childhood was nomadic in foster care, moving around from Maine, then to Boston, to Roxbury, then to New York, then out to California. I just was curious. I was just, I thought that's the way it was, to move. And then I picked a profession in classical ballet, which requires bus and truck, get on the plane, move, travel. I was used to moving and
0: acclimating and it's always been in me. Okay. So you said move a lot of times and now that we're not moving, how are you adjusting to the stay at home orders?
1: I'm fine. You know, it's so funny. You think things are being done to you, but they're being done for you. And stillness is so good. I I appreciate being still, as much as I appreciate being active. That's just me, and I love being home. I really appreciate being on my patch of dirt. It's very healing. One can self-evaluate. One has to look at oneself, too, and see how, how can I be better, a better person, um, better artist, better friend, better parent. I mean, there's ways to um, to use this time of, of
0: stillness. Yeah. It sounds like you've been using the time effectively to stay connected.
1: Absolutely.
0: Absolutely.
1: Not only connected in the human sense, but connected to Mother Earth.
0: Right. And we we can see that everywhere with the emission, carbon emission levels going down and and just people being still and taking this time to reconnect with family or even reconnect with the kitchen. Right. You know, I, I know I've been doing a lot of cooking. Um, you know, how is how is, you know, being at home, being able to utilize your kitchen again, been working for you?
1: How is my kitchen? Do you know, I started a impromptu series, didn't need it to be a series, but it's just I.G. So I'm just on the Instagram throwing up my little recipes because I love to cook. OK. Because to me, cooking's painting. You know, you got to put the peas with the tomatoes and you got to have the color with the curry rice. It's all color, too. So I've been just throwing up my recipes and people are loving it. So I'm at the stove every day.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. Sometimes
1: three meals square.
0: So that's what you are giving your your cooking gift to the world.
1: Well, to my son, for sure.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I'm a son, too. I love them home-cooked meals. (laughs)
1: All
0: right. When this lifts, you come on over. Okay. I'll, I'll take his place. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> so, so you're giving, you giving the world your cooking recipes. And what I always like to ask people is when they travel, what do they give the world? Cause we always go and we're going to like, Oh, I'm gonna go do this. I'm gonna go do that. But unbeknownst to us that when we arrive, we are giving something to that location that we arrive in. So I always like to ask people that question. So what do you give the world when you travel? That's a
1: beautiful question. What do I give to the world when I travel? Quite a bit of my travel, like to Abidjan, Africa, to South Africa, to India, to the Caribbean, um, different parts has been humanitarian, to Haiti, to Jamaica, has been um, in part humanitarian led. So... When I went to India, I went with a friend that had adopted, friends who had adopted a leprosy colony. So, you know, when they said, Vicky, you want to come? I said, absolutely. So we went to the leprosy colony, and they had just gotten a a latrine installed, which was a big deal to get a bathroom installed in the leprosy colony because of the caste system. So that was exciting. And they still have National Leprosy Day. So we were there for that and bring awareness. Of course, I went to the local orphanage and whenever i travel i try to visit i try to visit an orphanage or a children's facility because i'm so grateful for the people that broke off space for me um it's very important to pass it forward so as you say what do you leave behind so that's a lot a big part of my travel i can't always like when i went to cuba um ultimately I, I, it was not i was not granted permission to go to the facility it was just sort of difficult but i was allowed to drop off items that I have flew with to a, a young w- women's pregnancy center. But that's a big part of my travel. And then I, I agreed to participate in the aspects of that humanitarian piece. And then I said, you know what, I'm staying. I plan my trip so I, I see the reality of the need, but then I have to see the beauty and I have to replenish myself. You know, I have to go and explore and, and see um, as much as I can see on my own. So I always extend my trip if it's for humanitarian aid. So I like to leave behind whatever I can leave behind because the countries give so much back. The people give so much back.
0: Yes. It's always about the connection with the people because the world is so small. So it's always about connecting with the people. So in all your <laughs> travels, have you found Utopia. Or if you haven't found it, what's the closest to utopia you found? Wow, man, that's a big question. I mean, I
1: I don't know that I can answer that question because it's like traveling is like stringing pearls. It's like you have an experience and it is so, for example, when I was 17, just turned 18, actually. Just turned 18. I was dancing with American Valley Theater's Junior Company. And I said to a friend, also a dancer, I said, let's just go on Eastern Airlines back in the day. Eastern Airlines it was $49. Let's just go to Florida. It's a great fair. And we, right? And we flew down to Miami from New York City. And I remember lying under this palm tree. And I said, this is a perfect moment. Record it. And so what I do is I think of that moment. It was just the palm tree, that balmy air in Miami, and I have recorded it's a permanent imprint. So it's like string pearls. It was that moment to be so young to put together $49 and go to Miami, being on Robben Island where Mandela was incarcerated. Though wretched, there was a beauty about being able to be there and be there when he visited the island for the Special Olympics, because he turned it into uh, a museum, he turned the prison into a museum. Right. Spain, those parks, those parks are magnificent in Madrid.
0: Right, the Gaudi. I mean,
1: it's park after park after park. Cuba, oh my God, the food, the people. Yes, the cars, but the people and the architecture and the spirit of the people. And of course, I mean, throughout the Caribbean, I could go on and on about Caribbean. When I tell people that Haiti is one of the most beautiful islands I've ever been to in my life, people say, what? And I'm like, no. Haiti, if you go to Petit Guave, Jacques Mal, these places are exquisite. But Jamaica, for me, is a
0: place I've been going to repeatedly since
1: the 70s. I just That island is unbelievable.
0: So Sister Sep, what, what draws you back every time? how why has it been consistent
1: i you know yes jamaican childhood friend um her mother was a big part of my life their family but it was something else that was inexplicable i just felt comfortable people thought i was from the island anyway i felt like i was home i felt like i was home and then i began thinking well even when jamaican people <laughs> when Jamaican people start asking you, are you Jamaican? <laughs> I just felt a pull there, a gravitational pull to that part of the world. And, and 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 my thinking anyway is, you know, when we were enslaved, I'm Nigerian primarily. I've done my ancestry chart.
0: Me too. But,
1: all right. <laughs> yeah. I know. We could be cousins.
0: I know. Um,
1: on my father's side, Nigerian and Mali. But my largely Nigerian. And so, of course, when we were enslaved, when we were kidnapped, we were dropped off everywhere. South America, Europe, uh, all throughout the Caribbean and all up and down the coast. So we're everywhere. So it would be ridiculous not to think that we don't have family in Brazil and family in Europe and family in the Caribbean. Of course we do. Cousins, aunties, everybody's everywhere.
0: Yeah, everybody's all over.
1: We're all over. Because I don't know my family, especially on my father's side, I just look at people and I choose, okay, well, you're a family.
0: Okay. So going back to Jamaica, I've only been to Montego Bay and the place where they do the, the cliff diving. Rick's Cafe, where have you been in Jamaica? Like, what are your favorite places?
1: Many, many, many places, but I love Kingston. Kingston's my favorite. I mean, Kingston has such a vibe and a spirit and It's also where the business is done. It's, um, there's a hustle and bustle and it's diverse. It's incalculable how beautiful the blue mountains are. A friend of mine has a place 4,000 feet right straight up and it's sublime. Um, It's just sublime. I've been to Port Antonio, which is has its own special beauty. I mean, Port Antonio is very quiet. It's St. Elizabeth is where the Calabash Book Festival is every two years. People come from all over the world. All the poet laureates come. People come from all over the world for this book festival and St. Elizabeth, I'm telling you, you don't know what you're missing, Nate.
0: So with Kingston, I, f- I imagine Kingston has a lot of characters, like, you know, people that were full of personality. So who is a person in Kingston that you just... It gave you an impressionable experience.
1: Um, I'll just say.
0: Oh wait a minute! <laughs> <laughs> the long, the pregnant pause was was, was that of triplets? <laughs> no. Oh, can we no. get the details? <laughs>
1: was
0: are you Are you hinting that a, a certain movie was inspired by this experience? <laughs>
1: I'll just say that um, I have a, a relationship, intellectual relationship with Jamaica, but I also have a loving relationship with Jamaica. Part of my heart is there, I will say.
0: Okay. Sounds, <laughs> <laughs> sounds like Jamaica is a very special place. <laughs> well, let me ask you, this: this, this loving part, of your, did it start off years ago when you first went? And that's hey where are we going. I'm just curious. You know, I was trying to get some context no on just the, the people and those experiences that you met. So, you know, as 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 the listeners are listening, you know, who might have been thinking about Jamaica or even Kingston. Because I'm glad you said Kingston. Because for me, I haven't been attracted to go to Kingston just because of the the negative perception. But now you're telling me about Kingston. So I'm like, oh, this is, this is very interesting. Let me go check out Kingston because I was just a Montego Bay type person.
1: Exactly. See, Kingston offers, and they just built a new um, AC Marriott there. The same owners of Sandals, the, the Stewart family. Uh, but there's the, the Pegasus Hotel, the Spanish Court, the Courtley Inn, which is my favorite. I love the Courtley Hotel. You've got Emancipation Park, which used, to be a golf, which used to be a race track turned into a golf course or in reverse, but anyway, it's now a park. It's been a park for many, many years. It has all of the accoutrement that you could want if you wanted high-end travel. I'm a country girl You know, I was born on a farm in Maine, so I, I like low key, but I do like zhuzh. I do like luxury, but I can kick it wherever I am. Um, you can go up to Strawberry Hill, which is just 40 minutes from downtown Kingston and being Chris Blackwell, founder of Island Records, being his astonishing Strawberry Hill Hotel. I mean, you want to spoil yourself, and you can get all the massage, and all the sauna, and all the food, and all the fabulosity that you want. I also want to say at the foothills, you have phenomenal vegetarian restaurants, wonderful um, eateries, you've got Devon House. And Devon House is a spectacular Victorian home in Kingston that was owned by the first black millionaire in Jamaica. And they've turned that establishment into a historical landmark, but behind it are all these shops and beautiful eateries. And I mean, Kingston is magnificent. There's things to be sorted out. There's crime everywhere. Be smart about it. I'm not going to say don't be smart, but I would say that to somebody who's going to New York City or to L.A. or to Chicago or to Texas. I would say be careful on the back road in the south. Listen, you got to be careful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Street smarts goes a long way because people always ask me if I feel uh, like unsafe in certain places. And I tell people I'm from the south side of Chicago. That's prepared me to go anywhere in the world. So I've been, you know, to the Middle East and in Asia and, you know, just all over. So, you know, just just jumping around the globe out of all the places you've been, your your diverse, deep repertoire of passport stamps Where's another place that was really fascinating to you elsewhere in the world. Um,
1: just before I leave Jamaica, I also want to say once a year they do a fabulous antique show. If you love antiques in Kingston. Once a year, they do this antique show and you have to remember a lot of antiques were brought to Jamaica
0: Okay. during times of the English. back in
1: the day yeah, from, from England mm-hmm. and other parts. And, got, and these antiques are unbelievable. So if you want to get yourself some black hand-carved beds, let's put it where it needs to go. Wow. Because some of those antiques were manufactured right there on the island.
0: Okay. Phenomenal
1: pieces. Okay.
0: Turkey. Turkey. That's a place I haven't been. So I'm, I'm curious. Tell me. What made Turkey magical?
1: You know, my ballet teacher, my first ballet teacher when I was eight, she's now in her 90s, told me to go to Turkey. She's also a mentor. And I um, was curious, you know, about it. And also its religious um, history, which I did not know about. Um, And... The beginning of Christianity, it's argued that the beginning of Christianity started in Armenia, which Turkey assumed some of that land from Armenia um, after after a war. But the beginning of Christianity is is largely in the country we know as Turkey. And so there are churches um, like... I think we had mentioned um, once before in conversation because we both love travel, um, but there are churches that are carved out of the side of a mountain. It's unbelievable to see. I think Petra.
0: That's a, that's an architectural feat right there when they do that.
1: It's like the altar, the the benches, it's all carved into a mountain. And there are many mountains that have the churches in them. Um, Ephesus was, you know, of course, it's an ancient city. Think the Acropolis. I mean, this ancient city was so far ahead in terms of its water systems, its latrine systems. It, it was Acropolis. It's like Rome. It was unbelievable ingenuity um, in Ephesus. And they're still excavating there. There's a whole... There were slabs of marble i mean huge like a boulevard size pathway and it led all the way down to the water back in the day so that when the ships docked they went up this beautiful marble boulevard to go into the city of ephesus i mean
0: and when you describe that you know it it makes me curious because i'm wondering was that just the material that they had and that was just normal? That's just the equivalent of pavement? Or did they know that this was a piece of material that was to be, to be desired?
1: Well, I think obviously at once upon a time, marble was plentiful. And of course, the over of marble, it's very hard to find really good marble. I mean, the marble that they use is a different quality than from today. I mean, it doesn't have the same patterns. You know, people try to match book marble patterns and I think it could be argued that the marble qualities have changed as they've gone down into the quarries and dug and dug and dug and dug. But I think it was, I think it was a plentiful form possibly, but I think they always knew the value of marble um, in these ancient civilizations as well as they knew, obviously on the continent of Africa and other parts, the value of the gold, the value of the gems, I think cultures have always known Southeast Asia. They've always known, India knew the rubies were of great value. Vietnam always knew that the emeralds were of value. I think, and Africa always knew the diamonds were value.
0: Right, some things just never change. Some things <laughs> never change. So in Turkey, how were how the people? Like how did you connect with the people when you were there? Particularly like somebody that just made your experience just even more worthwhile.
1: I had a great experience. I'm a curious traveler. I plan out my trip, Nate. So look, I'm gonna rough it where I have to rough it and I'm gonna backpack it to a degree, to a degree. (laughs) But when I get to Istanbul, we're gonna splurge. And I stayed at the Four Seasons in Istanbul and it was spectacular, right on the Bosphorus. Oh my God, you can see Asia across the Bosphorus and you're looking at another continent, literally across the water. That, was, that blew my mind. So that was amazing. I went to the spice market, incredible, met really interesting people in the film industry, in the yoga industry. I stayed in the mountains as well, where there was a yoga retreat and um, they had yurts as well as an old dwelling. And that, and that was just a phenomenal experience. Beautiful meals were prepared. I rented a car. He was like, oh my God, you're driving in Turkey? Yeah, why not? I, I wanna get in the nooks and crannies of a country. Because if you stay on the compound, you're not experiencing the people, the food, the culture.
0: That, make, that makes total sense. You gotta get out and explore. Uh, me and my mother, she, we did a road trip through New Zealand to the South Island and that was fun. So I'm, I'm an advocate of, of getting out and exploring. And um, you as an artist, as an actress, I know you, f- you filmed all over the U.S., but have you had any experiences filming overseas?
1: Interesting. I've filmed in Canada, Feast of All Saints, and I've also filmed a commercial up in Montreal, which was beautiful. I've done still photography for Condé Nast magazine in Guadeloupe, which was quite an experience because... I was so young, it was Seventeen Magazine, and I was butt broke. I'm just gonna put it where it needs to go. I was 18 year old ballet dancer and was invited to be a part of a magazine shoot, Seventeen Magazine in Guadeloupe, And they gave me the instructions to get to an airport and we got on a private jet. And I'm telling you, my mind was blown from beginning to end to have that experience, not only of the private jet, but Guadeloupe was so beautiful. The people were so wonderful, so i've I've done still photography outside of the country as well as as filming. Still photography in Czechoslovakia. I've gone to Czechoslovakia a couple of times. An amazing country. Okay. was completely different. I mean, I can't really do the comparison because it was more still photography than when I did work in Canada. I will say this, Nate, whenever I am given the opportunity to audition or I'm creating content myself, I'm always looking for an opportunity to travel always because, because that's part of the gig, right? Oh my God, I get to travel.
0: Yes. You know, you get that, that location uh, on the call sheet and it's like, Oh, okay, we get to go here and work. It makes it more exciting. So it's always great to, to work. So with that, do you have any upcoming projects coming out this year, pending the, the slowdown of the pandemic?
1: I've not slowed down. I've not slowed down.
0: The show must go on.
1: The show must go on. And yes, we're hunkering down, but there are ways to continue to manifest and um, we have to do it differently. So I uh, filmed a show called Trash versus Treasure, which will premiere on the Urban Movie Channel and Amazon Prime. And our date, I believe, is uh, July 24th. I'm excited. It's my third show with the Urban Movie Channel, also on uh, Amazon Prime. And it's about meeting people where they are in their sleeping spaces. So the criteria was low to below income clientele, mothers with children, and uh, working under very difficult circumstances and using pre-existing things in the room, as well as found objects on the street, goodwill, and some new stuff. And I redesign their room. They recognize it. I don't pull out walls or anything like that. And they have to help me, too. So it's called Trash vs. Treasure. That's right. That's pretty awesome. Thank you. That'll be launching in July. And I'm, I'm getting ready to go to D.C. to direct a movie for BET uh, and Megamind. And it's titled Everything is Fine. And it's about mental wellness. And I'm very excited about directing we are right on the cusp um we'll be filming in june Uh, granted that uh we will be allowed to start filming safely so i'm excited about that
0: that is awesome and you hopefully production goes off without a hitch on schedule what what is the place that's in your mind post post pandemic like when you got the opportunity to go somewhere where would you go
1: well I'm going back to Jamaica. Okay.
0: <laughs> hey, I, I'm not mad at you. I've been to Brazil eleven times, so it's, it's never never a bad idea to go with what you what you know.
1: I gotta get to I gotta get to Brazil though. No joke.
0: Yeah, I, but I, I love Brazil. But yeah, you gotta get to Jamaica. Get the, get to Kingston.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> yep. I'm gonna get my kalaloo with garlic. I'm going to get my papaya. I'm going to get my plantain, certain kind of way. Yeah, there's certain things that are in Kingston, in Jamaica, you can't get anywhere else, especially that coffee.
0: I'm going to have to try indulge. I usually try the the African coffees. Okay. Do you think you um, will approach travel different?
1: My travel is currently being dictated by work. I I do want to say this, though. I think, why not? I found some family. Recently, I won't go into the bigger detail of it, but I found, I've discovered some family and they're in South Carolina and we're so, we can't wait for this COVID to lift so we can all get together. And um, some of the family is um, in, uh, on Edisto Island. Um, some of the family, my, my family, as it turns out, is Geechee And I am, I'm just so grateful that these these people, my people, were so warm and welcoming during COVID to take take the DNA test, to have even the conversation. And um, I mean, it was over a period of time and we and it all culminated during COVID, ironically enough, but we have found each other in large part and um, they're going to have little gathering for me and I cannot wait to get to South Carolina and to Edisto Island.
0: Yeah. That's beautiful. A family reunion.
1: <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah.
0: I'm, I'm excited. That's awesome. So yeah. I always like to ask my guests, what is your travel spirit animal?
1: Wow.
0: Whoa. What animal embodies you when you travel?
1: I would really have to say the ball.
0: Okay. The bull. Do you, does, does a rage come over you? Like why the a bull?
1: Just no, nothing like that. Okay. But well, the power of the bull, because because traveling takes energy. Traveling takes strength. Um right. traveling takes determination. And there are speed bumps when you travel. And you can't have a meltdown. You gotta just get past it and get on the plane and, and get there and blah blah blah. So the bull is passionate and the bull is strong.
0: That surprised me. I wasn't expecting you to say the bull, but when you just described and broke down the bull, it resonated because I've run with the bulls before. And to say that it's it's strong and it's determined and it keeps going, that is exactly the characteristic of a bull when you're like running with the bulls. It's like they get let out that cage and they don't stop until they go into the final arena. And then that's it, They they go to that destination full force. There's no stopping. Yeah, if you
1: travel with me, you gotta have some stamina. I'm going to Cappadocia. I'm going to the Aegean Sea. I'm getting in the water. I'm hiking. I'm age is only important with wine and cheese. I have my Timberland boots on and
0: I keep it pushing. Well, I have a question I asked some of my Instagram followers. You know, one person came up with a great question that I would like to ask is can you live in another country for the rest of your life?
1: Well, I thought once upon a time I was going to live in Italy for the rest of my life. I just was in love with Italy. I kept going back, all over. Sardinia, Capri, Sicily. Tried to learn the language in Greenwich Village. I walked out of that class learning one word called egg. (laughs) Wovo. That's all I learned, wovo. (laughs) But anyway, it's possible. You're asking me. It's still possible.
0: That's awesome. Because
1: we don't know. We don't know.
0: Yeah, that's true especially as black people. We didn't start in America, like ancestrally. So we are kind of like visitors here. Uh, Yeah. Like you said, it is possible.
1: And so, and to put a button on Jamaica, you know, as I said, as I intimated earlier in the interview, that I have been doing ancestry.com and search for my dad and finding relatives. And I found a third cousin in Jamaica in Christiana. So there that's, they, our ancestors are everywhere. Right. If you do the work, you can find somebody almost everywhere that belongs to
0: you. Like what you were mentioned earlier, you know, we got, we got dropped off and placed everywhere.
1: And, And we got together, Nate, we sat down, he picked the spot. He's a school teacher for 35 years. That's awesome. And it was just beautiful. Travel.
0: Yeah, travel is a beautiful thing. So I just want to say thank you for joining us today. Good luck with your projects and I hope you can come back and see us again.
1: Okay, Nate, thank you for having me.
0: All right, bye-bye. And now the new normal report. In the airline industry, Delta Airlines is leading the charge by adding more planes to their routes and keeping their aircraft capacity at 60%, they're blocking the middle seat sales. So your only option will be a window or an aisle seat. So you can stretch out and not feel overcrowded when flying in the sky. Alaska Airlines is also capping their first class sales at 50%, which leaves a little bit more room for you if you're flying first class. Now, other airlines like United and Southwest, they're also reducing their aircraft capacity into July. So if you have to fly, it looks like you have space to stretch out and do some social distancing while in the friendly skies into midsummer. We'll see how effective this policy is. Hopefully it continues until we find a cure. But until then, that's the new normal.
1: Final call for flight 102 to Genoa City.
0: Thank you for escaping with me today. Be sure to share this podcast with your friends and follow me on Instagram at World Internet's Until next time, stay safe and adventure accordingly.
1: This has been a 31 Dogwood and Tasty Shop Media production with production
0: sound design by Wine Designs Media. Brought to you by Entertainment Speakers Bureau.